1: You deal with pressure all the time, but someone like myself, if it's a big day, I will wear the same boxer shorts, I will drink coffee out of the same cup, I walk down the road in exactly the same fashion. Do you ever match their routine or something to kind of
2: my superstition is not to be superstitious routine is different to me than superstition and so like when I see like when I say something in a staff room and someone knocks on wood or something like that I'm like stop that it has nothing to do with what we if we're going to win or lose a game or if we're going to be successful on this play so not to shoot down what you do because that works for you baby you do what you want, need to do but like for me that's just not that's just not what I do
3: Fantasy Football Happy Hour
4: with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. That was the voice of the not superstitious Nick Siriani, who might protest too much. Everyone's a little superstitious. Let's be real. It is noon in Phoenix on Peacock, but it's five o'clock somewhere. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Live. From Radio Row in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, downtown at the Convention Center, I'm Matthew Berry, you're Jay Croucher, we are live from the Super Bowl on Radio Row, and what do you think of Nick Sirianni's answer there?
5: Yeah, I don't buy that, I'm with you, I think everyone is superstitious, as a a gambling man uh, when I'm watching a game, I, I have a few kind of things, like if I have my... Phone held in a certain way, uh, and my team scores a touchdown, then the phone has to stay there until something bad happens. That type right. of thing, you'd be superstitious, it, right? A
4: thousand percent. And then if 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 it's, if the, you know your team is running cold, you you, you get up, you you walk around, you, you try to change something. the juju, you gotta, you gotta, the gotta mojo. Like, you gotta change the mojo. You gotta get all that going. So um, we will see what happens with Nick Sirianni. We have today mm. a jam-packed show. Uh, it is wall to wall with fantasy superstars. Debo Samuel, yeah, he's good. you've heard of him. Uh, he's
5: good, yeah, from Australia, but I've yeah. heard of Debo Samuel.
4: Brian Robinson, you've heard of him. Very good. Big hat Brian Robinson, and uh, of, my, uh, of my commanders, Josh Jacobs. Josh
5: Jacobs, won the rushing title, good I, running back.
4: And I believe he won the pikaki.
5: Yeah, yeah, he won the Peacock. Yeah, Did we, we bring his, the Peacocky
4: uh, to award him in person?
5: Yeah. Does, does anyone Somehow know? Somehow it's not on his Wikipedia page yet. Rushing title yet. is with Peacocky. Is not. Yeah. I can't when say the peacocky. prestigious I can't Peacocky. keep saying that on television. We should let him know. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So there were some headlines. So we should we talk about these? Yeah, let's talk about some headlines. Let's start off with Ron Rivera saying that Sam Howe will start out as QB1 heading into the off season. Here's Rivera talking about that on PFT Live. How much of Sam Howell's performance in that final regular season game helps you decide on what the path of the position is for 23?
3: Well, you know, to, to, to answer that, Mike,
2: the biggest thing we decided is he will start off as QB1. He will most certainly get the first opportunity. We go into OTAs and minicamp, you know, he'll be QB1. He'll fight for that position.
4: We'll give him every opportunity to earn it. And we'll see what happens once we get into training camp and through
5: it. And just so I understand what that means, because we've got, I think, an unprecedented quarterback musical chairs coming yes. in free agency. You're not in that this year. No, you're out
4: of it. No, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, is is we have to find a guy to come in that's going to compete. You know, but in terms of finding a guy that you're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna have to spend a lot of capital on. No, we're not looking for a guy we got to spend a lot of capital on. We're looking for a guy that's going to come in and compete. You know who could come in and compete? That was the coach, that was uh, Ron Rivera talking about the quarterback situation in Washington. You know who could come in and compete? Who's that,
5: Matthew? Carson Wentz. Yeah. Sounds feel like Carson Wentz is not going to be the next Super Bowl winning quarterback of the Washington Commanders.
4: Does not feel like it. Feels like Carson Wentz will be playing for another team next year. We'll see, but he basically said like, yeah, listen, they're not they're not trying to go after Derek Carr or even Daniel Jones. They're not going to go after somebody that's going to cost a lot of money. When he says go out and compete, to me it feels like that's a that's a You know, Mitch Trubisky type, Mike White. Yeah, Yeah. Mike Mike White. You know, Taylor Heineke can compete. Taylor, I mean Taylor Heineke beat out Carson Wentz this year for the Commanders. You know, it's interesting. I will tell you that uh, talking with um, uh, a friend of mine who's a draft scout prior to the season, and he felt like Washington got an absolute steal with Sam Howell, and just said like, if Sam Howell gets in the game, he's not coming out. Yep. And so so far, he hasn't come out. So. Who knows? Maybe my commanders. I mean, it's interesting. He he went in the fifth round because he had that bad year in North Carolina. But the year before, he was, talking to, he was spoken about as a potential first-round pick.
5: Yeah, and also he violently outplayed Dak Prescott in the one time he did get on the field. He was the better quarterback in that game. And, yeah, I mean, it's difficult because Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Sam Howell at this point. I'm not sure the commanders are one quarterback away from competing for the Super Bowl. So why not see what you have in Sam Howell?
4: But I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't they're, they're they're not one quarterback away, but they're not it's not much more. No. I mean, I think they need I think they need to bolster the offensive line, I, you know, I wouldn't mind strengthening the the linebacking core a little bit as well, but you know, Chase Young will be back healthy next year as well. Their secondary played well. They have some nice finds there as well. Obviously, um Jahan Dotson was a really nice draft pick this year to complement Terry McLaurin. I mean, they have some Curtis Samuel stayed healthy this year and played well, so there's some, often, there's some weapons on offense, and the defense has the potential to be a top-five defense. So there's, you know, they need a quarterback.
5: Yeah, there's, First the, and there's the hope of having hope in Washington, I think. I think you're not quite there yet. You're not well, quite I at think, hope. But. Look,
4: I, I, speaking as a, as a Commanders fan, the real hope is we have new ownership. We, yes. The hope is new ownership, and then everything falls from that. Um, speaking of the Commanders, they have an open offensive coordinator position i made my feelings clear that I feel like Scott Turner was thrown under the bus given what he had to work with. I think Scott Turner did a nice job uh, this past year. Uh, wasn't his, he didn't decide to start Carson Wentz in that last game, the game against Cleveland. That cost him the playoff spot. But anyway, the fact of the matter is is the coordinator job, the offensive coordinator job is open in Washington, and both the Commanders and Baltimore Ravens see Eric Bieniemy as a prime candidate.
5: Yep. So Eric Bieniemy, who is, I mean, it's always difficult to separate him from Patrick Mahomes, uh, where it's the same thing with Nathaniel Hack and Aaron Rodgers, but certainly he is a guy who has been in the mix for a long time. All right, we're going to go to, uh, we're going to bring in Debo Samuel, Matthew. We are. Yeah, we're going to bring in Debo Samuel. All right,
4: here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, we're going to go to the definitive Debo Samuel interview. Listen to this. Garoppolo under center, receivers left and right Here's the snap, Garoppolo back on a play fake He'll flip it to Samuel, end around, running left Outside the numbers, across the 35, down to the 30 25-20, 15, 10-5, touchdown 49ers Debo Samuel took the pitch and goes 39 for the touchdown And the 49ers extend the lead Now up 13, 10-34 to go in the third quarter I'm supposed to be a professional up here? I got lost on that play. Wow, what a phenomenal play. Some great blocking, some misdirection. Fooled Arizona, and then Debo Samuel does the rest. Debo Samuel does the rest. How often have we heard that? That call, of course, the uh, the touchdown against Arizona on Monday night. We are in Arizona for the Super Bowl, and joining us is... Fantasy Football Royalty, San Francisco 49ers, wide receiver Debo Samuel. Debo, thanks for coming here, man. Thanks for having me, man. We appreciate you, and we appreciate Sleep Number for making you available to us. So we're a fantasy football show. Do you play fantasy football? Have you ever played it before? I have I have never. A couple of my teammates play it, though. Now, here's my question. So the teammates that uh, that play, which one of them drafts you? Do they, and, do they, and do they come up to you and like, Debo, listen, I need some points this week? Nah, nah, they know not to come to me about. Talk about fantasy <laughs> points, man. <laughs> Well, do do you know who on your team actually had you on their roster? I'm not. Okay, (laughs) probably best. I don't think think we talk too much about that in the locker room. Well, listen, you're playing real football, so you you don't need to. So, one last question, then off of that though, how often does it come up when fans come up to you and they want pictures? Talk how many how many times is it somebody that's a Niners fan versus somebody that's like, hey man, you help me win my fantasy league?
6: Um, it's kind of a mixture of both, honestly. Um. A lot of do a lot of people do come up like, Hey man, you just want me my fantasy yeah. and I'm like A couple people came
4: up to me this year. I'm like, how did I just win you your fantasy? Listen, when you were
5: healthy, you were still very, very good this year. Yeah. I think, obviously, Debo, one of the things that makes you maybe the most unique skill position player in the league is your ability to rush the ball in addition to, uh, obviously, uh, play as a receiver. Is it more fun scoring a rushing touchdown or as a pass catcher?
6: I mean, it's just fun scoring a touchdown, period, in general. It don't matter if you're catching it or running it. But um, if I had to choose one, I'd probably do... uh, Receiving touchdowns, yeah, okay. it's more fun, yeah, for sure. Okay. All
4: right, so you mentioned receiving touchdowns. Tell me the difference between Brock Purdy, catching a pass from Brock Purdy, and Trey Lance. Uh, it's kind of hard to say. Um, or just talk to me about, I guess, the difference. You know, they're obviously different-style quarterbacks. Talk to me about being on the field with both those guys and how you break down their skills. Um, we just start
6: with Trey. Um, he's a very big Quarterback, physical, fast, and kind of dual threat type of guy. And got a real big arm, yeah. so um, he put the he put the fear in defenses that he able to run the ball as well. And um, kind of reflecting the Purdy, um, he's just very decisive, and um, really a pocket passer quarterback. So it's kind of like you know you get you get the best of both worlds with both of those guys.
5: Yep, uh, Debo. I know you battled some injuries this past season, but towards the end of the year, you looked 100, percent completely dominated Seattle in the playoffs. How do you feel towards the end of the year, and what are your expectations heading into the offseason?
6: Um. Coming back from that MCL sprain and, and ankle sprain, you know, um, it kind of took time. And I'm um, talking to Kyle and John, I wasn't going to go back there until I felt like I was 100%. And due to how well we was doing in the rehab process, we was able to come back a little bit faster than what people expected. And then, um, you know, um, once I'm out there, I ain't thinking about nothing but winning games and doing whatever it takes to help the team win.
4: You know, one of the things that's so impressive about, uh, about you as a player And what's weird, like, you're so great after the catch. But the weird thing is, so are all the 49ers. So is George Kittle. So is Brandon Aiyuk. McCaffrey comes into the team, and he's great after the catch. Is that something that you guys work on in practice? Talk to me about the 49ers and your offensive scheme in terms of trying to get guys into that situation. I don't think it's more so um, things that we work on. That's something
6: you can't teach. I mean, it got to be in you for you to do it. Um, You can't teach anybody how to run the ball. I mean, if it's in you, it's in you. If you got it, you got it. I just think... It's more so of the culture. Um, if you see one guy do it, you know, and it's just it's, it's got going down the line. And it's like all right, Kittle come breaking the tackle. You throw Brandon in the screen; he's breaking tackles. It's just the culture of
4: the of the Niners that the, that John and Cal has done a great job of building. And To that point, it does seem like you guys on both sides of the ball are such a physical team. Is that something that uh, is a point of pride for you guys? Yeah,
6: uh, we pride ourselves on that real big. I mean, um, going against the number one defense in Campbell all, all, all <laughs> until we get ready to play is just that. just it just builds it builds character um it helps the defense it helps the offense and that's why we play so well
5: now everyone always talks about Carl Shanahan it's kind of like an offensive genius what is it that makes Carl Shanahan's offense so unique
6: um it's just so crazy I can kind of reflect on my rookie year when I first you know got there and trying to learn the playbook I was just like yo this is ridiculous <laughs> um and it kind of took a while because um going back to my rookie year I didn't start playing well to like week eight week nine so it just show you how much detail and how much verbiage and all the knowledge you need to know before you can start actually moving pretty well through his offense but um just kind of reflect on what you said I mean it's just crazy um I wouldn't even say we, we installed a, a million plays it's just the different formations and putting other players in different positions where anybody can run the same route so it's, it's, it's not more so like a variety of plays, which it, which it is week in and week out, but it's a lump sum of
4: the formations as well. Is that I'm I'm curious about that. So is that so? Do all you guys basically practice all the different positions where you'll be like, okay, all right, this play, you go be the X, and then the other one, you go be the Y or whatever. Do you guys do you guys just switch a, switch that around. Ba- okay, now,
6: the Z is the Z. Yeah, I'm always the Z. Brandon's right. always the X. Killers always the why yeah. I mean the F is in 11 personnel is Juwan Jennings or Juice right um, different formations like I just said oh, you yeah. put anybody in a position but your position is not changing where okay. you
5: line up will change but your position is not changing yep. okay. that makes sense now obviously there's so many big name superstars on the Niners between yourself uh, you Kittle, McCaffrey is there someone kind of under the radar that people should look out for next year uh, maybe a younger guy that, that you think can really rise up um, I'm really looking to, looking forward to see Ty Davis-Price, how he approached the offseason,
6: how he's going to approach, you know what I'm saying, this coming year with not having much time on the field this year. And, I mean, the team has high expectations for him. I and mean, we drafted him in the third round, so I'm
4: just ready to see how he come back from this year. Yeah, it'll be really exciting. Listen, and by the way, when you're a running back in the Kyle Shanahan system, uh, it's pretty impressive. Let's talk a little bit about Chris McCaffrey and just the, and what he brought to your offense Talk to me a little bit about what that freed you up to do and, and the rest of the offense once you got CMC on the on the team. I mean, once we got him, I mean, you just look at our huddle. Um, from Trent Williams
6: down to Jimmy, Trey, Brock on down the line as well. I mean, just look at the huddle, you're like, how? How is this even happening? You <laughs> know what I'm saying? But um, kind of when we got him, I feel like... Cal kind of opened the playbook a little bit more mm-hmm. I mean because you never know I can go on the backfield and he can go play wide out or we both could be back there and I mean it just plays a mixture well I feel like Kyle did a great job of mixing stuff up trying to get defense on their heels on their toes because I mean you just got to play everything honest at that point right yep right
5: that time. makes sense now uh you're here courtesy of sleep number can you talk to us a little about why you partnered with sleep number and, and what uh, they bring to the table
6: I mean um number one thing for me is recovery um, sleep Number has one has the best bed out, um, the 360 Smart Bed. Uh, I mean, 80 percent of the league is sleeping on his bed, so it kind of like speaks for itself. Yeah. You get know what I'm saying? As far as like recovery, I mean, the more you sleep, the better performance you play.
4: It's, there's there's no question about that. So we've got a big game on Sunday, and first off, listen, you can't say this. You can't say this because you've got to be you've got to be you know board and you know professional. I'll just say this: Look, the Niners got screwed. The Niners got screwed against the Eagles. Uh, I didn't think the officiating was uh, was all that, and obviously, cr- incredibly bad luck given the injuries of the quarterback. But having having faced the Eagles now, and I'm sure you've seen, I'm sure you've seen the Chiefs. I'm curious how you think this game plays out on Sunday.
6: Um, my number one thing uh, for us, the Chiefs. I mean, if you can if you can protect, you got a chance. If you can't if you can't protect Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be a long day out there um i'm i'm gonna take the eagles on this one because um not i mean they just they just beat us for sure but um i'm more so a fan of aj brown um it's like you know i'm saying just to see how he approached the game and how how hard he works and just the relationship we've built from the past four or five years of knowing him i mean i just want to see him get one
4: yeah be great listen he's a great player he's had an amazing season it's gonna be a, a great game on sunday as well and Listen, if, if you have to lose, at least let the team that beat you win the <laughs> win the, win the whole thing, right? Yeah, man. There you go. Well, listen, uh, Debo, continued success on the field. Uh, we wish you well. Thank you to Sleep Number for bringing you here. Been a, been uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch you in the NFL, and we know you're going to have a bunch of great seasons for the Niners and for fantasy managers <laughs> for the rest of your career. Appreciate thank,
5: you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Cool. All right. Well, we'll go to break. and When we come back, Brian Robinson.
2: Two receivers to the left, the Heineke, the low back is Robinson back to pass out the shotgun. He's got Robinson in the flat on the right side.
5: He's got a man to beat. He stays at his feet, gets the end him. Touchdown, Washington.
2: Brian Robinson, talk about creative ways to be able to move the ball. The rookie
4: getting the receiving touchdown on that one. And that's t- the something we normally
3: see out of Antonio Gibson catching the ball out of the backfield. But what I love is the physicality and the finish by Brian Robinson. Darren Hall, I know you've never had to tackle a big running back like Brian Robinson Jr. out of the backfield. Get out of my way! It's dope! You
4: will not die me getting getting in the I don't know that I have ever been more excited for an interview, and here's why. Everyone knows I'm a lifetime Commanders fan, so Brian Robinson is here, star of the Commanders, star running back. He's here thanks to Auntie Anne's, and anyone that's seen my belly knows that I'm a big fan of Auntie Anne's. Uh, Auntie Anne, so um, I, I don't think I've gone through an airport where I haven't gotten like a uh, a bucket or, or a cup. Yeah, I like the um, I like the salt and cinnamon mixture. Yeah, I like when they, they of them, yeah, the cinnamon cinnamon yeah, yeah, cinnamon kind is really good. Yeah. Um, Brian Robinson, thank you so much. You know, we, we just showed a play of yours against uh, against Atlanta, that receiving touchdown, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'll just go right there. One of the things I loved about that play is if you watch that, you have a chance to step out of bounds, and you're like, no, you cut inside mm-hmm. to create contact. And you're saying, I'm just running over these two guys into the end zone. Right. Talk to me about the physicality of your game and how important that is. Man, uh, you know, you get those type of
3: opportunities in, the, uh, in a game like that. Man. like uh, At that point in the game, that was the first drive. So uh, that's a that's a big momentum time in the game. You know, that's where you want to really set the tone at, you know. Uh, so I felt like at that uh, time in the game, that was a perfect opportunity for me to um, set the tone.
5: Well, sticking with that play, uh, I think that showed the the flashes that you had as a receiver out of mm-hmm. the backfield. Is that something you really want to expand in your game going forward? Uh, of course. You know, I just want to uh, continue to, uh, you know, just play my receiver skills. So, you know,
3: I got soft hands. I can run routes, you know, when needed to. I just... No, it's not really called on me to do it most of the time, so they feel like you know, it's not a part of the package, but I can definitely do it.
4: Yeah, I think you showed that last year that when you were called upon to do it, there were there were games in which, you know, J.D. went out with the injury about halfway through the season, and there were games down the stretch where Antonio wasn't 100%, and so they started to involve you more in the passing game. You proved you could do that. Mm-hmm. I think coming out of Alabama, there was, you know, they are like, Brian Robinson's a thumper. Mm-hmm. He's a between-the-tackles guy. But yeah. it, was, it was good to see that, no, 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 there's more to your game, and right. we're looking forward to hopefully seeing more of that. Uh, I,
3: I also caught uh, over 30. 30- Almost forty balls my uh, last year for almost 300 I know.
4: three hundred yards and a few
3: touchdowns. So, like,
4: yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why they want to use you as just that. You're you you're so much more of a of a versatile back. I know that you're wearing the big hat. Your big hat, Brian Robinson. I have my own big hat here. I was inspired. Do you have a piece of this company, by the way? Because the big hat thing happened entirely because of you wearing in the post game. No one had seen a big hat, and then you were all over the internet. You went viral with it. Please tell me you have a piece of this company.
3: Bro, well, I haven't heard nothing from them. And, like, I'm just wondering, like, uh, well, I, I'll take that back. They reached out to me on Instagram or nothing, but, uh, like, other than that, I ain't heard nothing. Like, But I, I did get real quiet about it because I realized that um, the person that I was trying to give credit to for giving me the hat wasn't receiving any credit. So oh, no. I was like, okay, I'm not going to really, you know, continue to... Yeah, you know, speak much, you know, about it. If you know, it's not going to really help. You know, right. my people.
4: Well, big hat people, show some love. Put yeah. Brian, oh, no, no, no. put Brian Robinson I, on I your totally, board of directors. Give look, them some equity.
3: No, um, the company, you know, yeah, I, a lot of, a lot of respect to it. Like I, I love to see, you know, everybody do good. So like the fact that, you know, this, you know, helped the big hats blow up. I'm super
5: excited because I was able to, you know, just get them, you know, out there. Well, I feel very naked and silly without my own big hat, which is a strange thing to f- feel silly yeah. by not wearing a big hat. But there we go. Thank you, Brian. He can't
3: wear it. He can't wear my. He can't wear my hat. Look Ken at that. that he can there go. Work. I gotta keep it. Sure.
5: Uh, Brian, we are a fantasy football show. Do you play fantasy
3: football yourself? I don't actually, but um, I'll be hearing. You know, yeah. I'll be trying to trying to catch up. You know, uh, to to pace. Yeah, do
5: people come up to you a lot and say, you know, thanks for scoring yeah, that touchdown for me? Yeah, sample? I hear a lot of
3: people come up like, um, you helped me on fantasy, help me on fantasy, help me on fantasy. Help. Me. Then they come and be like, oh, you, y'all lost me y'all lost some money. I'm like, all right, so I get a little bit of both, you know.
4: You know, it's interesting. The, the NFL honors are tonight um, uh, right here on NBC, and you are not up for comeback player of the year. Even though you should have won the award, right. it's 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 not it's not rookies are not eligible for the award. I don't know how anyone has a better comeback story mm-hmm. than you this year. Are you a hundred percent from everything you went through last year?
3: Uh, I still have some after effects that I'm still you know uh, battling with you know that's personal with me you know but uh, hey it's my own that's my that's my
5: battle though you know so I went through it. I'm still going through it. Yep. Are there any specific goals that you've got for next season anything in your game that you really want to work on? Uh, honestly
3: I just wanna be able to um, go out there and just, you know, be healthy, man. Just play healthy, you know, come into the season healthy and just have a fair have a fair chance at it, you know, just everything, you know. I wanna rush for a thousand, I wanna do all those things. You know, I feel like I didn't have a you know, fair chance at even though I kinda was pushing that mark, you know, I, I had like eight hundred. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, Full season, you know, healthy season. I feel like I can display a lot of a lot of things people really didn't get to see from me this year.
4: I think there's no question about that. Um, there's been some change in Washington as as the commanders let go of Scott Turner and they're still in the market for an offense coordinator has coach rivera or anyone on the team talked to you about what they're looking for in an offense coordinator and if, if they want to feels like coach rivera throughout his career has always been kind of a, a, a conservative offensive guy has always wanted to have a strong run game whether it was in carolina or in his time in his washington did they talked to you at all about wh- where they're looking for in terms of the offense well uh,
3: i haven't really you know discussed that with uh coach i kind of i kind of really stay out of coach's lane really um uh, but uh I know, I know for a fact that uh, Coach Barry want to win, you know, and I, I know for a fact that he's gonna um, go out and get the best coach, you know, come help us, you know, get put us in the the best position to win. So, um, you know, I believe in him and whoever he decides to, you know, bring in. You know, if he have any questions with me or talk to me about it, you know, you know, we always have you know real deep, honest, you no know, conversations. I feel like. We can discuss that, but until he kind of mentioned that or bring that to my attention, then I just let
4: let them do. Well, I've got a hint for any potential offense coordinators for the commanders that are watching this. Yeah, a good way to nail the interview is like, hey, we're going to give the ball to Brian Robinson a lot <laughs> if they come in here. going to be a big part of the offense, I think, no matter who is coaching. Uh, my, uh, so my 18-year-old son... Is uh, has gradu- is graduating high school this year, mm-hmm. and he's been accepted to the University of Alabama, mm. which where I'm encouraging him to go. That's my that's mm. my choice of all the places. And where legends are made. It, it it appears that way, and and the Commanders as a team have a ton of Tide on their team, mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. What is it about Coach Saban's program that just prepares you guys to succeed at the next level? Because, I mean, it's you, it's John Allen, it's De'Ron Payne. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like so many guys from Alabama there on like, commanders.
3: the commanders. It's like the process that he you know, teaches us by, you know, you know, the process that he always talks about. You know, it's one of those deals, those processes that you know, if you do it the right way, it's going to lead you to success. It's going to set you up for everything you ever wanted. You know, everything that you committed or came to Alabama for, everything that he said that he was going to do for you for your time at Alabama. You know, if you trust in, that, that he's going to do that for you and do the right things, it's going to set you up for it. So when you walk in that locker room, NFL locker room, it's like, Damn, I did everything that, you know, he told me to do while I was here in my time here, and now
5: I'm, I'm ready for this. You know, just walk literally right into it, ready for it let's uh, talk quickly about the Super Bowl Brian I uh, got two teams with excellent rushing attacks in their own ways uh, is there anyone in particular you're expecting to have a big game on Sunday uh, uh, miles
3: miles's been running real
5: good um, you know
3: especially through this playoff stretch but I, I really like the uh rookie um checkup yeah. yeah. He real nice and he's fast too you know so uh,
4: he can be a surprise yep. He can be a surprise with his speed and physicality the- who do you think wins this game? You guys played the Eagles twice this year. You beat them once. You, they were undefeated until they played, played Washington on Monday Night Football. Who do you have winning this game?
3: I love Jalen Hurts. I love Devontae Smith. I'm like my brothers. Yeah, of course. I, like, why wouldn't I want to, you know, see them, you know, win a Super Bowl championship? But as real as I am, just as a human. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, you know, a lot of respect for him and uh Chiefs. I can see them possibly pulling it off by three, only because of Patrick Mahomes' Super Bowl experience. You know, he's been there, he's won. You know, he's been a few times in the last how many yeah. years. So he's a little bit more comfortable than uh, Jalen might be. But I feel like Jalen gonna play
4: lights out. Man. There's no question. You know, we don't know if Jalen's 100%. I mean, he's he's you know he's been gutting through an injury as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people talking about Mahomes' ankle, but. You know, Jalen's been playing hurt as well. so mm. uh, It'll be fascinating. I have two last Commanders questions for you. First off, last uh, yesterday on, uh, on Pro Football Talk, Ron Rivera made a little bit of news where he said Sam Howell's going to be QB1 going into the season, that they want to bring in somebody else to compete with him, mm. but they're not going to be in the free agent market to bring in a big mm. name, that mm. Sam's going to start the year as QB1. What have you seen out of Sam Howell, not only in the, the Cowboys game that he started, but mm. just throughout the year in practice and Uh, you know just getting to know him as a teammate uh i
3: think sam has made all of the all of the progression he's he has he has possibly could have made like he didn't even play this whole year he didn't play at all like i don't think there was not one time that sam touched the field this year and i told sam all throughout the season you know during practice locker room talk i'm like hey man you know uh I believe in you, you. Know what I'm saying? I feel like if you get an opportunity, you're gonna you're gonna do you know what needs to be done for this offense. Simple as that. You know, and, I, and if if you ask him, he'll he'll tell you. I probably told him that eight to ten times during the season. You know, and um and to be able to come in after not even having any game experience in a whole year and improve, you know that that you can get it done with just little experience versus a good Cowboys team. Just 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 show you that you know as a rookie you know undersized kind of you know doubted same same kind of story as Brock Purdy you know similar you know he just didn't have you know the setup or the situation or opportunity as Purdy probably but man same same type of um work work ethic man he's gonna be all right
4: yeah I mean he he bided his time and when he got his opportunity he shined you know He, he stayed ready like you told him to do um listen we know we know about you we know about Terry McLaurin we know about Jahan Dotson and Curtis Hammond we know about the stars of the commanders Antonio Gibson of course give us somebody on the team that we may not be aware of that's maybe not a household name but that impresses you in practice that we think is going to take a step next year a big step forward next year
3: okay on the offense or defense side of uh
4: either one offense but whoever comes to your mind first when I ask you the question uh, probably
3: one of those young tight ends man um Probably um either um either Armani Rogers, uh-huh or yeah, sure. um, or the young guy Curtis he he ain't played much this year but uh I think one of those two those young, one, tight, one ends, of the young tight ends they're gonna, they gonna, they gonna be real good
4: all right I like I like that I like that uh need Logan needs some help yep. some uh, last question for us before we let you go you've been really generous through the time talk to us about Auntie Anne's and why you decided to partner with them. Oh, I
3: mean, look, Auntie Anne's, like, been one of my lifetime, like, favorite little sweet spots. Yeah. So, like, the little mall I got in my little hometown, like, this one of the first places I stopped when I used to go in there. Also, they're offering uh, the pretzel bucket uh, nuggets. Okay. Uh, Super Bowl deal uh, with six dipping sauces and free delivery. So, don't, don't forget to get y'all Super Bowl snack. delivery fee through
4: February 10th. You just go to the app or the website. Orders are $12 more. Go to Auntie Anne's Rewards app for more details, or I assume AuntieAnns.com. Brian Robinson, it has been awesome to watch you on the field, awesome to watch your comeback, awesome to watch how how strong you play, your integrity, uh, and I can't tell you just as a Commanders fan... I'm thrilled you're on our team, my friend. So thank you so much. Continue to success to to you. Yes, sir.
5: Thank you, Brian. All right. We're going to talk about NFL honors, which Brian Robinson should be a part of and should be winning the Comeback Player of the Year Award. Mm. Uh, But alas, not this year. Maybe they will change the rules. Uh, Let's let's talk about some of these awards, Matthew. Uh, And this is obviously all on NBC tonight. Uh, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and MVP. Just some of the awards you'll not want to miss tonight at the 12th Annual NFL Honors presented by Invisalign. You can catch all the hardware listed here going home starting at 9 p.m. Eastern on NBC and NFL Network, streamed live on Peacock. Let's start off by talking about some of these awards. Matthew, uh, let's start off with Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year now, Defensive Rookie of the Year, I don't want to spoil the suspense on this one, but uh, Sauce Gardner is going to win this award. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Tariq Woolen, they are also nominated, but the fact that Sauce Gardner was first-team All-Pro uh, suggests he is going to win. Don't think there's much suspense in the uh, in No, D-right. and you've been
4: saying bet this, bet this, bet this throughout the year, so uh, no suspense in Sauce Gardner. I, you know, Offensive rookie, year, rookie of the Year is an interesting one, right, because... By a pure numbers standpoint, Garrett Wilson or Kenneth Walker should be the guy. Yeah, probably. I just don't know how you'd go against Brock Purdy when he goes 6-0 in the regular season.
5: Yeah, I think there are just too many people who are going to say basically that you know he only played six games, I think he only started five games, and that's just going to be a deal breaker. Uh, the fact that... You know, just these other guys, I mean, Garrett Wilson played every game. Kenneth Walker didn't play every game, but he played the vast majority of the season. Uh, I think that Brock Birdie should win. I think he deserves to win. I think that six games of elite quarterback play is more valuable. But my best guess on this one would be that ultimately Garrett Wilson wins. Seems like he's got the, the majority of support. But I think Kenneth Walker is is the one who could potentially surprise Let's uh let's jump to OPOY and DPOY, offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year. Now defensive player of the year, Matthew, I think this is this is Nick Bosa's award. It's gotta be. Yeah. And, it's gotta uh, be. I mean
4: look, if Micah Parsons wins, no one's gonna sit there and bat an eye and go like, What? That guy?
5: But yeah, I think it's got to be Nick Bosa. Yes, Nick Bosa. When, again, you look at the the all-pro voting, uh, the fact that he led the league in sacks on the best defense in the NFL. I mean, he closed the season. You couldn't even bet on him by week 18 because he was such a lock. Offensive player of the year, maybe a little bit more suspense. But, again, I think this is Justin Jefferson's award.
4: <sighs> yeah, you know what? I mean, if Jalen Hurts hadn't missed those two games, I don't know. It's rare that it doesn't go to a quarterback, right?
5: Well, it's award- about fifty-fifty.
4: Okay. I don't think there
5: are enough voters now who are like MVP is the quarterback award. Let's uh, let's give. Uh, offensive Player of the Year to a skill position player. Uh, last year it was it was just Jonathan Taylor versus Cooper Cup. There was no real uh, no real quarterback contender, despite a lot of great quarterback seasons. So I think it's going to be Justin Jefferson. He closed the heavy favorite. Uh, he was flirting with the receiving record for a time. Obviously not the greatest end of the season, but I think he banked enough goodwill that that he will likely win. Uh, let's get to coach I, of the it year. It should be I mean I think it'll be between him and him and Jalen Hurts. I think so too. Yeah, I think that I think Hurts will finish second. Tyreek Hill, he tailed off. He got injured. He was the favorite for much of the season, but uh I think it will be Jefferson one, Hurts two. All right, coach of the year. Uh, This is the one that's most wide open, I think. So those were the five that were announced initially. Shortlist has since been trimmed to Brian Dable, Doug Peterson, and Kyle Shanahan. We're a Kyle Shanahan show. Uh, I'm sure uh, our previous guest, Debo Samuel, would agree. But what's
4: crazy is that Pete Carroll isn't even on this list. Pete Carroll, and I'm not even a big Pete Carroll fan, as you you know, but Pete Carroll should be on this list. I agree. Pete Carroll
5: should be on that list. So it's crazy to me that he's not, and... There's, I think, a little bit of revisionist history around the Giants, whose win total preseason was actually seven. Right. And people are thinking that it's like, oh, their win total is four and a half, and they were going to be competing with the Texans for the number one pick. No, the Giants had, I mean, they're not the most talented team out there, but they had enough that their win total was seven. They go two wins and the tie over the win total. Uh, But yeah, I think Pete Carroll, who exceeded uh, his preseason win total by more than Dable, he should have gotten more love. Uh, I think it'll come down to Dable and Shanahan. I still think ultimately Shanahan wins. Just because the new voting system is you get to put three names on the ballot. I think Shanahan's going to be on pretty much every ballot, whereas some people are going to be like, well, Brian Dabble only won nine games. Yep. He finished third in his division. Is that really a top three coach of the year? So I think Shanahan ultimately wins, but could certainly uh, be Brian Dabble. It could be, but it should be Kyle Shanahan. Like this, right, I agree with you. There's, it's revisionist history going
4: on, and, like, Kyle Shanahan went 6-0, and with Brock Purdy. With yeah, Mr. And- not just a rookie quarterback, not just a third-string quarterback. Literally the last guy picked in the NFL draft. And, again, I mean, we Nick Sirianni, another Coach of the Year finalist, went 0-2 with his backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, who has started games in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and he got to the NFC Championship game with Brock Purdy, and if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt, who knows how that game turns out.
5: Yeah, and the other thing there, too, is that people don't realize that Kyle Shanahan actually exceeded his win total preseason by more than Brian Dayball exceeded his. The Niners, their win total was 9.5 to 10 wins. They go 13-4, and four. and oh, by the way, do it with uh, yeah. the last pick in the draft as a rookie, the third's different starting quarterback for that team. So I think Shanahan deserves to win. I think it's close to a coin flip with him and Dayball. A lot of support for Brian Daybol. New York media does a lot for you. In these awards, Matthew. That's so, actually uh, correct.
4: Like, live by the sword, die by
5: the sword. Like, New York, New York media is really tough, but if you win, they love you. Yeah, exactly. They can All pull right. you up. Let's, uh, let's talk about MVP. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's going to be too much suspense on this one, unfortunately think Jalen Hurts' injury and Patrick Mahomes' finish to the year effectively decided that one as so we take a look at the finalists. Josh Allen was the favorite for much of the season. Joe Burrow, I think if he didn't have that rough start to the year where he threw five picks in week one, then loses to the Cowboys week two, I think that if he didn't have that start, he would have been a bit more in the mix. Jalen Hurts, who was the front runner with a month to go, but then gets hurt. Justin Jefferson, uh, who I don't think is going to factor in after his end to the season, and then... Patrice Mahomes, who I think ultimately is going to win with relative ease.
4: I think it's going to be Mahomes, and it's going to be a bit of a landslide. But just the fact that Justin Jefferson is on the MVP list certainly, you know, gives you confidence about him winning Offensive Player of the Year. The only thing I wonder is sometimes you're like, you know, like you watch the Oscars and you're like, you know, they give they give Best Screenplay. You're like, why are they giving a the Best Screenplay? I'm like they needed to give this movie something. Yeah. They wanted to give this movie something, and so there's a part of me that sort of feels like they need to give Jalen Hurt something. Right, And he's not going to win MVP, so could they give him Offensive Player of the Year yeah. over a wide receiver? Just because you you want to acknowledge somehow this great season that Jalen Hurts had that, I don't know, somebody on this show, and by somebody I mean me, called at the very beginning of the year, yeah. August 5th, For anyone else, I think on it, national TV. It's going to be a little just weird saying.
5: that the, the Eagles finished with the best record in the league, and I think that they're... Uh, yeah. As we pat ourselves on the back, yeah, they, I don't think they're going to get any award because Nick Sirianni with those two losses that knocked him out of Coach of the Year at the end. So yeah, nothing for the Eagles most likely unless Hurts does get Offensive Player of the Year. Just quickly on right. come, Comeback Player, and of then the watch year. them win the Super Bowl. Like they'll, oh, they'll yeah, By the way, to win. if they win, if they win no awards tonight, be a little
4: bit of like they didn't believe in us. You know, the old Bill Simmons, no one believed in us. Um, you know, thing, and they'll like. They'll be like, oh, yeah, come on, we didn't win any awards. Let's go kill them.
5: A little concerned, Matthew, that, you know, we love the Chiefs. We think the Chiefs are going to win. We bet bet with BetMGM in Las Vegas. We've got physical tickets that we're holding. You've probably lost yours. You're prone to losing things. I'm sure they're somewhere in my house. Yeah, they're somewhere. But every single NFL player we've spoken to while we've been out here has picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Is that a concern? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas, yes, yeah, it is. Whereas we who have not um, surprisingly played in the we NFL, have, we have not taken I mean, snaps yet. We,
4: we have we who have not had to tackle either team. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, the guys that have actually played against them, they're all picking the Eagles. Yeah. And everyone, make,
5: it makes me very nervous. And everyone is always pointing to, I think, Jonathan Taylor raised it, uh, Debo raised it, that just in the trenches, the... The fact that the Eagles they have the best offensive line in football, they have the best defensive line in football, that, that could be decisive. Well, one of the things that I think,
4: um, you know, let's talk about this with with our producer Damien. And Damien believes, and I don't I don't think this is a crazy statement, that other than quarterback, the Eagles are better at every position. Yeah, Running and, backs are probably and wash, and, and tight, tight end. end, tight end, obviously, yeah. But other than quarterback and tight end, the Eagles are better offensive line, better defensive line, better secondary. You can talk about the running backs being a wash. At this point, given the health of the Chiefs, better wide receivers for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, like, so, I mean, really what you're banking on, what you're banking on is you're banking on three things here. Uh, Four things. You're banking on only four and four things only. You're banking on Mahomes over Hurts, Kelsey, um, Andy Reid over Sirianni, and just experience. The fact that they've all been here, that this is, uh, you know, that – They've been here before. They've won a Super Bowl together. Reid and, and Mahomes
5: have. And Sirianni and Hurts have not Good for you for remembering all four things. Whenever I say there are more than, like, yeah, two yeah, things yeah. and I have to go through them, I, I usually lost get lost on the yeah, way, yeah. but somehow, yeah, I managed to pull it in together. I understand that point at the same time uh, as I was yelling at Damien at the bar last night about, yes, there are mismatches of positions, but at the same time, like... The game is offense, defense, special teams. And despite the fact that, yes, on the offensive line at receiver, like Kansas City still has a better offense than Philadelphia. Philadelphia has a better defense, but the offense on Kansas City, uh, just Mahomes gives them such an edge that I'm not too concerned about Overall, the roster analysis well, the, the quarterback way, position.
4: Also, by the way, I mean, I just, I think, you know, Andy Reid. This is, this is not Andy Reid's first Super Bowl. It's not a second Super Bowl. I mean, so the idea is like he's been in this position before. He's had two weeks to prepare. We always talk about Andy Reid off of a bye, right? Um, Andy Reid in the, including playoffs in the Patrick Mahomes era. Just, just with Mahomes, he's ten and one off of a bye for his career, including the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes, and so. He's had two weeks to sort of pick this, you know, this Eagles team apart and see where um, where it ticks. And I just, for I don't know why, but I'm going back to the Rams patriots Super Bowl, and everyone was like Sean McVay is the is the next great thing, right? And I remember hearing interviews with McVay afterwards where he's just like, I just I thought myself. I was just nervous. I was going against Belichick, and I just you know if I I think if we just stayed with what we had to do, we'd have won that game. And I think. I think he's right. He's like he, he's like I got too cute. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of psyched myself out. By the way, also if Jared Goff just hits Brandon Cooks on that deep shot that uh, he missed by a year and a half, uh, yard and a half or whatever, yeah, it's Unfo- also a
5: different game. Unfortunately, that game I loaded up on Rams plus two and a half and uh, was screaming at the television, begging Sean McVay to throw just one screen pass to Todd Gurley. Can we just see what it looks like, Sean? Just throw yeah. a screen pass. Can we see? But, but uh, I didn't get that done.
4: But that was gr- that was McVay's point when talking about it afterwards. That they got away from what got them there. They got they he tried to get too. to try to outsmart Belichick instead of just saying like this is what we do and we do it really well and we're just gonna keep doing it. And so I wonder if I wonder if there's gonna be a little bit of that. That just again like the Super Bowl's just it's just a different animal, right? Because it's it not only is it two weeks, but there's just so much hype and you got to do all the press and there's just everything that, you know, Sirian is a good coach. Andy Reid's a great coach. We don't know yet if Sirianni's a great coach.
5: Yeah, to me the most interesting thing about the game is what happens if the Chiefs start playing with a lead? Because Jalen Hurts hasn't had to play from behind basically Correct. all season. And we've talked about it all week, but his game is so predicated on, you know, a stacked box and getting A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith one-on-one and taking those deep shots. And if that isn't there, then I think it's going to be a different kind of game. Yeah, uh, it doesn't – Right, if they get down – like how. You know, they
4: don't feel like an offense that can suddenly turn it on and score points. They've got to grind it out. They've got to. They're going to have to get turnovers. They're going to have to get you know short, short yardage situations. And if they can't get turnovers from Mahomes, you know, I just. I don't think they win a grinded-out game No, uh, if
5: they're down. If, I don't think they win a grinded-out game if they're down. Yeah, that's going to make You're, it difficult. One last award to talk about is Comeback Player of the Year, which, as we talked about... Should I think, be Brian Robinson. Should be Brian Robinson. Uh, silly rule that he can't win, because I think he would have been a unanimous selection. Correct. Also think... Uh, Nick Gates, a guard on the New York Giants, who had seven surgeries off a broken leg and then came back and was uh, starting guard on a playoff team. I, the problem is no one knows about Nick Gates outside of the New York area. Right. Uh, so he's not even in the finalists. It's Geno Smith, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. I think that Geno Smith will just win this award. He's got the best story. Uh, and people ask, like, what's he coming back from? He's coming back from the dead. Like, his career was Obscurity. done. Yeah, and I think so. I think Geno will win. I... And can I tell
4: you, not only will Gino I, I, I agree with you. I think Gino wins. Um, uh, Saquon dealing with the injuries and McCaffrey dealing with the injuries. But honestly, I think Gino Smith won this award when he gave the postgame interview. He says, you know, um, like, you know, they write me off. I ain't right back. Yeah. It's the, right? it's the quote of the season. quote of the season. And it was such a, such a genuine, awesome moment, especially um, winning that game. I believe that game, that came after the win against Denver, right? Yep. That game, week it came, one, right? So that came against week one. The win against Denver. Here's Russell Wilson with his quarter of a billion dollar contract coming in, and here's Geno Smith, the guy who's backed him up. And no one, I mean, the way people think the Giants, that's what people actually thought about the Seahawks. The they thought the Seahawks were going to win four or five games this year, yep. right? And so Geno Smith, you know, had the better season than the guy he the, than the guy that left for Denver, the 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 famous guy, the richer guy. And, uh, I mean, that quote was, to me... He won the award when he when he gave that quote.
5: Yeah, and I think the thing is is that we get so tied up in recency bias that we forget what teams were supposed to be at the start of the season. And people forget now because, you know, they saw Geno Smith play for much of the season like a top 10 quarterback. They forget that people thought Drew Locke was going to win that job yes. and that it was a cop-out going with Geno because we know what Geno Smith is. He's a backup quarterback. He's a, a poor man's Chad Henney. Uh, <laughs> and thinking that Drew Locke, he was the young guy, the guy with upside. who showed some flashes in Denver, whereas Geno comes in and and, I mean Geno he didn't have the greatest end to the year but at the same time like his touchdown passes were the most pristine he would throw some absolute dimes he had I think play to play some of the highest upside in the NFL and and I think he will be the guy going forward in Seattle
4: I think there's no question about it I mean he's a free agent but uh, my expectation is they're going to want to keep him in Seattle and I think you know, Gino, even though this is his first year starting, he's been with a team in that franchise, in that city a long time. He knows knows everyone in the building kind
5: of thing. I think they'll get that worked out. Yep. Uh, okay. We are going to go to break now. And when All we right. come back, Josh Jacobs, winner of the rushing title. Matthew Barry, you doubted him. I never doubted him. We'll talk to Josh Jacobs after the break.
2: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, Empathy is our best policy.
0: Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean...
5: Alright, we're back on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Before we get to Josh Jacobs Little appetizer, Matthew Some Applebee's riblets, if you will The colour of the Gatorade bath At the Super Bowl Odds provided by BetMGM This is always one of the most popular Prop bets on the board Super Bowl is a time to get weird betting wise lots of fun stuff to bet on this is always one of the most popular so, so here are the odds these are, these are the
4: odds yellow green at plus 175 orange at plus 325 blue plus 400 red or pink plus 500 no Gatorade poured plus 1400 that boring. feels like you're just you're just wasting money at that point clearer water 700 at plus 750 and purple is plus 900 I have some Gatorade stats yeah. you know me I love my research yeah, you I am doing a deep dive Absolutely, data mining on uh, Gatorade stats. This is, again, all courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. So, over the last 22 Super Bowls, orange was the top color. Yes. 22% of the time, it has been orange. But since 2015, blue Gatorade has been tops 50% of the time since 2015. It has been blue, and
5: last year, blue Gatorade hit at plus 300 when the Rams won. So yep. where are you going? Are you going blue again? Well, I think the key here is that when the Chiefs won in 2020, it was orange Gatorade, and when the Eagles won a couple years prior to that, it was yellow Gatorade. So mm. we do have a little historical precedent, if you will, Matthew. So I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. So I am going to go with orange at plus three hundred. I think that's the best bet on the board.
4: The the orange. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind that either. Uh, orange. You could, you know, but. Uh, yeah, it's probably orange. Okay. It's probably, probably, probably going to go orange. An emphatic I, I, choice I, by Matthew No, Burke. No, no, no. It's probably, I'll say blue just to be, just right. to be weird. It's simple. Let's
5: go weird. I'll All go right. blue. All right. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Josh Jacobs on the set. Rushing title winner.
2: And he stands up to change the play. Down to five on the play clock, gets the snap,
4: hands off to Jacob, stutters to the right, bursts through the hole, 20, 25, 30, he's off to the races here in Seattle, nobody's going to catch him, 25, 20, 10,
2: Ball game, bye bye Josh, 86 yards in overtime to walk it off for a second straight week,
4: touchdown Raiders victory Las Vegas I have nothing to say oh it's just an ISO lead it's a beautiful run you called it right up the middle oh my goodness let's go home that was the call from the walk-off touchdown run by Josh Jacobs week 12 uh, against Seattle on the Seahawks a game in which you just had an absolute monster monster game crazy game for the NFL crazy game for fantasy football was the second best Fantasy game by a running back this season, Joe Mixon's five touchdown game being the number one. And what was crazy about that game is you were questionable on Friday coming into that game. Like, people were wondering, is Josh even going to be able to go? And then you go out and you carry the ball, like, I don't know, 700 times.
1: It's crazy. So, I had uh strain my calf. Uh, I had like a grade two strain on my calf on a Friday. No contact, just literally just running. Um, so, you know, coming in, I didn't know if I was going to play or not. Um, but man, it was a it was a dude, and uh, as soon as you come right out the tunnel, with a sign. I guess he's like a, a known heckler, um, you know. But it was a dude with a sign, and it, I read the sign, and I was like, "Thank you, I needed that today." And it just kind of just kind of turned me up, and it just went from there. Yeah, there so you go. So we can blame the heckler. Yeah, blame the
5: heckler. Thank you very much. Uh, lots of highlights from the season. Was that run against Seattle? Is that the one that you remember most?
1: Um, probably just because you know it was overtime. Um, it was a late night game, and you know Seattle. The, the atmosphere there is crazy, you know, just to be able to be in that atmosphere and, uh, you know, see a lot of the guys that, like Marshawn and them that came to the game. Um, it was, it was definitely
4: a big, big game, big one. Josh, I owe you an apology. <laughs> I want to look you in the eyes, man to man and apologize to you because in the preseason, what I said is, it's like, listen, I know Josh Jacobs has been a great fantasy running back throughout his career, but I'm nervous. Josh, ja- Josh McDaniels likes to use multiple running backs. He, um, I don't think he's going to use Josh Jacobs in the passing game the way he ha- has, the way Jacobs has been used in the past. Because they got Amir Abdullah, yeah. they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Mm-hmm. It feels like this 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 new regime, for whatever reason, doesn't believe in Josh. Mm-hmm. I I said I think you guys should fade him. I don't think you should draft him <laughs> where he's being drafted. And so, first off, I want to apologize to you because I was wrong, and I want to congratulate you on making me look stupid (laughs) and making everyone that doubted you look stupid. How much of that, not my dumb stuff, but how much of the contract stuff initially with the Raiders and and some of the talk and buzz around you that, hey, maybe maybe Josh's time with the Raiders is coming to an end, how much did that motivate you for winning the NFL rushing title this year?
1: Yeah, man, uh, you know, coming in, I, I can say I really, like, pick, not picking up the fifth-year option, that didn't really make me, like, feel away or nothing like that. Uh, but that Hall of Fame game, you know, when I played in that Hall of Fame game, that kind of, like, made me feel some type of way, you know. And uh, that was the, probably the moment where I was like, okay, yeah, now I'm, I'm doing everything I can, you know, to just do what I do and, you know, be, and go about it the right way and, um, you know, show to these guys who I am, you know, and, and things like that. Um, so, man, that was probably the time that really just, like, made me step into a whole uh, different mode.
5: Yep. Josh, feels weird to ask you about any areas for improvement, given you just won the rushing title Mm. and uh, were the best running back in the league, but is there anything in particular you're going to work on in the offseason?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, just just the all-around knowledge of the game, you know, um, whether it's studying coverages or studying, you know, blitz pickups and blitz patterns and things like that. Um, You know, and also I feel like I, I had a great year, but I also feel like I left a lot on the table, which is, I know it might be crazy to say, but I feel like it's so much more that I could do. Um, so that's probably what I'm just trying to try to uh, you know go into next year, try to stack the years, and you know uh, come out with a better year next year.
4: Josh, you're you're here uh, with us today, courtesy of FedEx. Why have you decided to work with FedEx? What's going on there? Yeah, so I just found
1: out this morning actually that uh, I'm the NFL FedEx Ground Player of the Year. Yeah, you are. Uh, Congratulations. You know, so that's dope, man. But uh, man, you know they donated twenty thousand to um, a HBCU of my choosing. Um, and I, I decided to go with Langston University. Uh, it was actually one of the first colleges that I ever been to, you know, growing up, like fifth grade, sixth grade, the first college that I ever, you know, got to be on the campus and experience the food and experience, you know, the culture and things like that. Um, so, man, it's definitely a big honor to give back to them. And, you know, they're 40 minutes from the crib, so it's definitely a big honor to give back to them.
5: Yep. uh last one for you from me josh uh, a lot of big name superstars on the raiders right. yourself davante adams darren waller is there someone under the radar that you think the people should really look out for next season
1: man i feel like there's
5: a lot of guys i feel like there's a lot of guys that don't get a lot of attention you know I, I don't
1: think matt collins get a lot of attention for what he does uh you know in our offense um and what he does like not only catching the ball but you know blocking too you know and uh playing special teams and being one of the guys on special teams so uh, I feel the same way about Amir I, I think when Amir got his chances you know to start returning the ball he started doing some crazy things at the end of the season uh man and he's just a great guy to be around man dope teammate um but man I, I can say a few guys
4: okay. no I like Matt Collins he made some big plays really yeah. good hands uh we we only have 45 seconds left so real quickly who wins on Sunday
1: man I can't go against you know the Bama Ties man I'm going with the Eagles 28-24
4: there you go fly Eagles fly NFL Ground Game Player of the Year, Josh Jacobs, Fantasy Royalty. Congratulations, Josh. Apologies again, my friend. So thank you to Josh. Thank you to Debo Samuel. Thank you to Brian Robinson. Tomorrow's show, we have George Kittle, James Conner, Miles Garrett, and Austin Eckler, the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, getting all the Fantasy Football Royalty here on Radio Row. So uh, for Josh, Brian, Debo, Jay Croucher, myself, Matthew Berry, we want to thank everyone for coming by. Josh, anything you need to shout out? We got no, thirty good, seconds left. Thank
1: you, thank you for having me, man. It was an honor.
4: No, nah, man, you're you're the best. Anyone that hasn't read about Josh's story in terms of growing up and everything he overcame, highly recommended. Sure. It's a it's a good Google. It's a good Google. <laughs> it's a good it's it's a good uh, rabbit hole to die down. I know you're entering free agency, so wish you luck. Hope you. Uh, uh, I think you know you were an it year, and yeah. you proved it. So uh, <laughs> I hope you cash in. Appreciate All right. It. We are back tomorrow live from Radio Row here in Phoenix, Arizona with the Super Bowl. Until then, peace out.
2: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.
0: Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean.